Well, that sucked. Chiefs lose to the Broncos. The offense, they couldn't find the end zone. It was drops. It was turnovers. Silly mistakes. That's what ultimately doomed the Chiefs and their loss to the Broncos on Sunday. and snapped that 16-game winning streak against their division rival. This is 10 Things, and we're going to talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Hello, good people, and welcome to 10 Things here on KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Haley Lewis, and we've got some Chiefs. I say Chiefs news for you, but this is going to be kind of like a therapy session. We're just going to get it out. We're going to complain for the next like hour about things that we don't know. We don't always know everything. Um, we know what we know, and we're emotional. We're fans. We're fanatics. And so we're going to share our thoughts and air our grievances regarding what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs and that uh, performance that we saw against the Broncos on Sunday. But first, uh, we do want to thank Mission Taco Joint. Uh, sponsor of this program now with three locations in Kansas City, including the new one out in Leewood at Park Place. You can get 10% off your order at Mission Taco Joint in any of the locations in Kansas City by just mentioning KCSN to your server or your waitress uh, on Tuesdays and you'll get that uh, discount. Mission Taco also helps our Feed It Forward program in providing meals uh, alongside us uh, to Hope Faith Ministries, the homeless shelter in downtown Kansas City. So we appreciate Mission Taco for sponsoring uh, this show, but also for helping us out on the foundation side. If you're interested in supporting that program, check out the KCSN Foundation, and that uh, help you get involved. So uh, let's get started with our 10 things. Haley, it's going to be a little, little different this time. It's going to be the 10 things that annoyed us during Sunday's loss to the Broncos. I have 20 things that annoyed me, but we had to narrow it down to 10. So All right. this will do. Let's start with the first one. All right. Streak versus Denver. Lost their divisional game on the road for the first time. This was the Chiefs' first loss by five or more points since October 24, 2021 at Tennessee. Their streak of 40 consecutive games without losing by five-plus points, including the playoffs, was the longest streak in NFL history. I think that's the stat that jumps out to me as being the craziest of all of them. It wasn't beating a team 16 times in a row. It was the not losing five by five or more points. Uh, 40 consecutive games. I think that perspective is needed, and I'm going to give it to myself right now before we start complaining and getting all pissed off about things went wrong. Is it was one game, it was a bad game against a not a very good team uh, that we just kind of made their season. Uh, but yeah, not having a game where you lose by more than five points in 40 consecutive games is absolutely crazy. And after the game, Andy Reid said what you'd expect Andy Reid to say if you've ever listened to an Andy Reid presser, particularly after a loss said, I take full responsibility for it. I saw things this afternoon I haven't seen from the guys, and that's my responsibility to make sure they're right. Uh, and we weren't today. That was what Andy Reid said post game. Haley, I want to get your thoughts on his comments because I know a lot of Chiefs fans have, they complain uh, that Andy Reid just kind of the mea culpa. It's, it's on me uh, taking the responsibility for everybody else. And they, they want him to tell him what's wrong, tell him what's going on. I have a take on this. Uh, it's yeah. probably different than how other people feel, but. Um, how do you feel about I, Andy Reid's pressers and and not just let everybody have it? Here's the thing: he's he's the he's the guy in charge. He's the guy at the helm, and yeah, it's your fault. I mean, and, and that's he he would say that to everyone's face. Like, there's no hate on Coach Reid. I love the man. I think he's a wonderful coach, a even better person. But you're you're absolutely right. You're in charge of this ship, 
So yes, I mean, at the end of the day, you got those kids on your team because they're on your team because you and Veach decided they would be on your team. So yes, at the end of the day, it does come down to the head coach. And I hate saying that. I don't want to put the blame anywhere, but if he's got to yeah. take the blame, then yes, I understand why. Yeah, I mean, it all falls on the guy who's making all the decisions. This is, yeah, exactly. You know, go out and catch a pass for somebody, but he's putting in the sure. position to go out there. And it doesn't bother me. It never has that Andy Reid doesn't just come out and start blaming and pointing fingers at coaches. What at does that help? Decisions. It doesn't help anything. And honestly, if you're going to give grace and you're going to give, you know, trust into someone, granted, he's not going to be perfect play caller. There's going to be times where he calls some yep. cute play on third and one. We all get pissed off. But at the end of the day, he's one of the best coaches in NFL history. He knows more about football than we do. And the decisions on why he's calling certain plays or doing certain things, if he had to sit down and explain it to you as somebody like all of us do, like, what are we doing? He'd be explaining it away with football stuff that just goes over most of our heads. And now it's easy to say, hey, just run the ball up the middle. But you can't at the same time praise him for being one of the best coaches in NFL history and yet make statements that go beyond being pissed about one individual thing. You can be pissed about a play, a play call, and be critical of that, absolutely. But to take it and make it seem bigger, like he shouldn't be doing this or he's lost it on this, that's where it's like, no. And when it comes to the the presser stuff, he has the relationships that he does with players and Mm -hmm. the people that feel the way they do about him across the NFL because he doesn't go publicly to let somebody have it. Behind the scenes, do you think he's going to sit in a meeting room and not let him have it? No. That stuff could stay in the locker room. It doesn't need to become public as much as it would make some of us feel better in the short term. As far as culture and what he's created throughout his Mm -hmm. entire career, it's not going to help anything. And I'm not defending that he's above criticism. I just don't think coming out and publicly criticizing a player or publicly coming out and saying the young receivers are not where they need to be. Right, Even things like that, the players know it. And he knows that they know it. He may say it behind the scenes. He doesn't need to say it in front of a microphone so that player's family and all the players that have supported him and their friends start seeing their guy get criticized by the head coach. Right. It, there's so many reasons why. Uh, I don't think that that's the the right strategy, but I understand why it annoys fans after games. I mean, I get it. But yeah, what, what does that do? What does that help? And how does that make the locker room more cohesive or get better? Yeah. It doesn't. So um, also, I think we were talking about this a little bit before. First time without a touchdown since that game that we mentioned in, on October 24th of 2021 in Tennessee. That was the Titans game before that. It was a Super Bowl 55 against the Bucks, which I don't even want to talk about that. That was very painful to watch. Well, that game a hundred times. The Chiefs are never going to win that game with the guys. Sure, healthy, with the line, the yeah, line like that. What never going to. But only two times since Mahomes has taken over as a starter have the Chiefs not scored a touchdown in a game. Yeah, and I'm going to take. See we'll take the blame for this one at KCSN because uh, the Kingdom Bar and Grill, which is where we hang out, watch the game. So if you're looking for a place to watch the game in Germany. Uh, if you live out in Odessa and they're going to shut off all your power, feel free to... Wait, like, what? Yeah, they scheduled, <laughs> like, the uh, energy, like, Evergy or whoever it is, like, scheduled a power outage. On a Chiefs game? In uh, Odessa, Chiefs? and they're shutting down the power for 12 hours uh, between, like, midnight and noon that day. So people in Odessa, like, they're not going to have power. Like, they know it now. It's been on the news um, in a thing. But, wow, uh, then yeah, come, come out over. Come out to Overland Park. Kingdom Bar will be open for brunch. We're going to have a good time. But for the first time, we did a kind of like everybody drew names for all offensive skill guys. And if you drew the name of whoever scored the first touchdown for the Chiefs, KCSN is going to pay $50 towards your dinner. First time we did it. Wait, what? It didn't score. So like, save 50 bucks. And I'm going to go ahead and say that it was KCSN's fault. I'm sorry, everyone. No, there's no such thing as a genius. Let us know in the comment section who you think is most at fault for the game on Sunday. That'll really set the road up. 
Uh, let us know what you think. All right, let's move on to number two. All right, we got turnovers. Those happen to happen a lot. That was a, that was it. Five. That's why. Five turnovers, two interceptions, two fumbles, one muffed punt. The Broncos scored three touchdowns with drives beginning at the Kansas City's 39-yard line after surrendering a 39-yard punt return midfield after an MVS fumble and at the KC nine-yard line after Hardman's muffed punt. Hardman muffed a punt at the worst time. That was the fun. Yeah, uh, all of the penalties. You probably could have got away with the four if they had drove down and put it in an offensive drive together. Uh, but 11 minutes to go in the game. You're down by, I think, five at that point. Uh-huh. Uh, you muff it inside the red zone. Or I think it was like even a goal-to-go situation afterwards. It was uh, gifted them a two-possession lead, and the way the offense was playing, it was too much for them to overcome, and it probably took the wind completely out of their sails. And so uh, now I want to see. I, I'll give McCall Hardman credit just for owning it after the game, talking about it. Um, sure. says, like, this one's on me. This is my fault. I know it sounds like a simple thing, but not all players nope. go talk to the media or answer questions after stuff like that. Not saying any more than it's impressive that a young player, especially buddy coming in who that had to sting even more just being here for a couple of weeks um, and trying to be, you know, that difference maker at a, at a position in a situation where the chief needs somebody more at receiver necessarily than punt returner. But um, shout out to him for, for owning it. But that was, if you're looking for a, a turning point play or a difference in the game, mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. And I mean, like you're not saying it was, because of McColl that they lost, right? Yeah. But that was a defining moment, and it was an, uh, the culmination of the five turnovers that were so painful. I think it was Craig who was pointing out he found the average. Um, yeah. The average. Okay, so that the average starting field position for the Broncos on scoring drives was the 29-yard line. The Chiefs 29. Yeah, I was just, sorry. Yeah. I mean, specific. I think it was the 50, the 39, and then like the 13. So I guess they were just outside the red zone, or just outside the Golden Ghost situation after the month punt or... Uh, you're giving them 29 yards to score a touchdown. That again, difference in the game with the five turnovers. He gave them so many chances. The fact that the game was as close as it was, even in the first half, um, was going to say like the margin of error in beating the Chiefs. Like it's going to take a lot because the defense did play fairly well. And we'll get in a little bit about the defense a little bit later. It's going to be a lot about the offense on this show because we're unhappy and we're going to we're going to tell you we're going to complain about it. Uh, and then once we're done, you guys can all listen to it and you can complain as long as you want. But it's probably it. Yeah. For, for me at least um, I'm you rarely ever hear me say anything about that play cost them the game yeah on any one individual play same thing with refs refs never cost you a game uh, it definitely can make things more difficult at times mm-hmm. and things you have to overcome but there's a lot of plays in a game yeah. um, that can make the difference but uh, moving on red zone inefficiency for number three uh, that has been an issue for this Chiefs team compared to what we've seen in the past uh, they were 0 for 3 inside the red zone um, you know against the Broncos in this game, we talk about play calling, we talk about lack of just running the ball right up the middle mm-hmm. in these situations. I would just like, you know, just a challenge, and I know they won't ever do this. I've been clamoring for this for years. But as an offensive lineman, you can see, we've we've seen them on the broadcast getting frustrated coming off. It was a couple weeks ago they did the Kadarius Tony ran like the little zone read on a fourth and short at midfield. I think it was probably last time they played Denver. Um, it was a couple weeks ago that you could see Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey visibly being frustrated right. off the field. I just wonder if next time they get to a first and goal from the four, if they just go to the offensive line and say, we're going to run the goal, run the ball between the guards four plays in a row, go beat them. Just go beat them up. See if you can get in there. And don't try any of the cute stuff. Just challenge the offensive line and say, this is all going to be on you. You have four plays to get four yards. Can you do it? 
I think challenging them that way, not that you have to do it every time, but challenging them that way and saying, what, you've complained about it. You know, offensive linemen love run blocking. They don't love mm-hmm. to pass block. They want to get out there and they want to pin their ears back and hit somebody and maybe let them take some frustration yeah. about how poor they've been in these situations and to take it out on somebody. I don't know if they'll ever do that. I think as an offensive lineman, I, that's music to my ears. Just give us one chance to do this. And maybe it's when they're up by uh, a few touchdowns. I don't know if it's going to be this week against Miami. They're going to play a whole lot better for that to be the case. But maybe that's something that you do when you're up two yeah. or three scores late in the game uh, just to get some work done inside the red zone. Maybe it's a tendency breaker, if nothing else, uh, that you know you're not going to do in a tight game. But challenge them, see what comes up. But Chiefs ranked second in the NFL last year in red zone efficiency, scoring touchdowns 71% of the time they got inside an opponent's 20. This year, currently, they're ranked 18th, scoring touchdowns just 51% of the time. That includes going one of eight against Denver in their two matchups. I don't like that. I don't like that. And you saw, I think we visibly, I think it's Tugger who actually pointed it out, saw Creed Humphrey yesterday just throwing his arms up and down and showing that frustration uh, in the situations. And and it begs the question, like you were putting up, What's the answer to that? You know, do you do away with yeah. the cutesy stuff? Do you just, you know, like you said, go for it and then and, and let the offensive lineman take that as a challenge? I don't know, but going from second to 18th? Not great, Bob. No. Uh, yeah, it, I have notes in here. The horizontal play calls, the shovel pass to Rice. Yeah. And it worked. It's it's worked a lot. Uh, it's hard to completely knock that play. Seemed like Donovan Smith didn't stay on his block. Um, really surprised to see that Donovan Smith was the highest rated Chiefs offensive yeah, player. I think in this game against Denver, according to Pro Football Focus, surprising, considering it seemed like at least whenever something negative happened, he was right in the middle here yeah. offensively, or he was a part of it. I want to put all of it on the offensive line because in in general, I thought they did okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, they've the short yardage stuff. It's going to come back to get them at some point, and it already has. Uh, but we keep talking about it. I I'm okay with them never running a quarterback sneak. Oh, I, especially in Denver, don't ever do perfectly cool with it. Uh, we need to find a play other than that reverse trap to the fullback or whoever's running it. I, I never know what to call it. I'm going to find a former running back. Like, what's that play called? Like, what do you call it? Um, but it's the one that we've seen a million times. That it was the Anthony Sherman play. Then it was the Michael Burton play. It's where the quarterback opens up, reverses, hands it inside, and it's a fullback dive. Um, and there is a counter off of it, the counter pitch, because we saw it against Buffalo in 2014 to Jamal Charles, and he went for like 30 yards, and we won the game. Never forget that play. Okay. I don't want to talk about the next one. The next one's going to be tough. I tweeted something out about this, and you can tell me. You, you were, you're married, so you have better, you know. I said, the first, I saw this on like a podcast. The first argument you have in a relationship is going to be the argument you will always have. Like the first argument is going to be a continued issue throughout your entire relationship. People who are they who they are, and sometimes it just rubs. Well, the Chiefs are who they are because the receivers were the issue right off the top. (laughs) You you played into my narrative. Yeah, I did. And the receivers are still the same damn issue. You can put a Band-Aid over it. It looked a little better against the Bears. (laughs) It looked better against the Chargers, but it did not look good. And it was more exposed, I think, than we've ever seen it last night. So how do you fix it? The receivers dropping passes. Uh, we saw chemistry. It, it, it just, rise. We've seen it with Sky Moore. We've seen it with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, looked it up. The Chiefs have 15 drop passes this year. It's the most in the NFL, uh, according to stats perform. Again, I'll say that again. The Chiefs have the most drop passes in the NFL. Uh, if it hits both your hands and you're in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. And, 
Tennessee Rice has been the one rookie that's actually it's been good and played well. I know PFF hasn't ranked really high. The lab guys talked about this when he got drafted. There were drops were a problem for him in college. Um, this is not a new yeah. thing for uh, Rashi Rice. Now I'm past. This is not a new thing for the Chiefs either, and this is the area that still continues to worry. On passes 10 or more yards down the field in the air, Patch Combs is 4 for 11 with two interceptions in this game on Sunday against the Broncos. We said after last week's touchdown to Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the broken play through a 47-yard touchdown or MVS came on like basically an over route on a broken play, scored a touchdown, that that was the first touchdown the Chiefs had thrown on a ball that went more than 20 yards down the field since the beginning of the 2021 season. So since we had not had Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs had not scored a touchdown on a pass thrown over 20 yards in the air. That is bananas. And there was something we did not talk about, or I don't remember hearing all of last season when the Chiefs went and won a Super Bowl. So do you need it to win a Super Bowl? No. But have they really pigeonholed themselves into, I say they, the Chiefs executive, Brett Veach and company, Andy Reid, everybody involved with those decisions, put a lot on a lot of young receivers Mm -hmm. and other receivers who haven't proven or hadn't proven to play at the level you were expecting them to play for your offense to function at a level to go and win another Super Bowl. And that's not going to happen. And it hasn't yet happened with this group of young receivers. The young receivers developing has been a storyline going back to OTAs. We were talking about it with Justin Ross, who's now dealing with all of his mess that he put himself in. And so the Chiefs bet on themselves developing a group of young wide receivers and asking all of those guys, I've said this a hundred times, you're going to get sick of me saying it, but it was already set up to be, I don't say an issue because you can work your way through it and they know better what they have than we do. But you were asking all of the guys in that room to have to be better than they've ever been for the Chiefs offense to function the way that it needs to. You were asking Sky Moore to take a step forward. You're asking Rashid Rice as a rookie to be an impact guy. You're asking Justin Watson to do more. And we freaking joked about this. Justin Watson is wide receiver one. That's, that's what Tuck was saying. Just say it. Say it. We said it, it like laughing. And now it's like, shit, that's not funny. Like, that's serious. And I, I'm actually defend. I'll defend Justin Watson more than anyone else on Twitter or social media. But Justin Watson should not be your wide receiver one, which is why I was saying whether it's Odell or DeAndre Hopkins, whatever it was going to be, it takes the pressure and it knocks everybody else down a peg. We're not, you don't need Sky, Bo- Sky Moore to be a number two. Mm-hmm. You're not putting that pressure on him to be something that he's never been. And I'm going to, later this week on the Chiefs YouTube channel, I'm going to do a short about the expectations of just simple math on, you expect Patrick Mahomes to fi- throw for 5,000 yards or 4,000 yards, whatever it is. You expect Travis Kelsey to get 1,500, but if McKel- Mahomes is going to throw for 4,000 yards, Kelsey's going to get 1,500 at best, maybe 1,200. Where are the other 2,800 yards coming from? There's a giant assumption that, oh, they just figure out. No, it was a bunch of young guys yeah. who were needing to have double or triple the amount of yards they'd ever had in their careers for the Chiefs to step up. Uh, so I'm going to go off on the next one because okay. the next one's going to fire me up. But Let me wrap it up with this. Gary Dieter, former wide receiver for the Chiefs, tweeted out something that said, uh, your biggest concern uh, as a Chiefs fan, and he said you can tell that there's a trust issue on offense right now, and I do think it's going to work itself out down the road and continue to kind of talk about that on his Twitter. But it's, I think it's obvious to a lot of people 
that that's the issue, that it takes time, that it takes chemistry, that it takes trust. Like where we see another play where Mahomes finds Kelsey on not his route, but what he broke away from. And it was, I think, one of their biggest gains yesterday in the third quarter. That's something that's going to take development and time. And I, I know it's frustrating because they need it now. But I think that the, that's what the simple solution falls back to. And even more further is your point about having a veteran wide receiver. Yeah, they can't change the system. They can't change what they're asking these wide receivers right. to do. And we'll get into should the Chiefs trade for a wide receiver later in the show. It'll be point number 10. So if that's all you want to hear right now, you can skip to the, okay. to the final section. But you do want to hear this point. Yeah, the next one, Take is, off. I'm going to get fired up a little bit because there's a lot of Sky Moore slander. I'm not defending Sky Moore. I'm not defending the guys that haven't uh, stepped up when the team has needed them to. And not to say that they, they won't still develop we've seen it before we thought the Chiefs weren't gonna win a Super Bowl because Tommy Townsend couldn't hold a, a kick the right way and then that became kind of laughable by the end and now in the middle of some streak where he hasn't missed a kick all year and it's awesome every we haven't even it's not even an issue anymore and so we're hoping that we see that same kind of development with the receivers we know that there's an offensive staff they've developed receivers before they can develop these guys it's not like they can't but it doesn't mean they will and the one player who seems to be getting a pass throughout all of this, is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He is the veteran in that room. It's his sixth year in the league. And we have our quarterback in key situations having to tell the veteran receiver to come back to the ball when he's throwing from a far hash to a deep out outside the numbers along the sideline. And nothing good is going to happen from that receiver not coming back. Maybe with a rookie, maybe with Sky Moore, maybe with a, a receiver. And this is even giving more credit than... or more of a leash than it deserves, but maybe a, a player who hadn't consistently played with a quarterback that can make throws like that to expect, hey, he can make this throw and I need to come back. But Coach Reed said after the game, and I don't know if he's talking about this play specifically, but he's talking about an inch could be a mile mm -hmm. at this level. NFL quarterbacks are too good, and it is too embarrassing for a player like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who accounts for more than half of the Chiefs' cap for the wide receiver room, He's $11 million of the Chiefs cap room amongst their wide receivers in total. The rest of the receivers combined have a $9.5 million cap it. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is at $11 million on his own. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the fourth highest paid player, according to base salaries, on the Chiefs roster this year. This guy's averaging like 25 yards a catch. His best year of his career was 680 yards. He has not stepped up. And again, for a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes to have to post-game say, I trust my guys. And then what we see on the field is he throws an out in a big situation and his veteran receiver who should know better doesn't come back to the ball. There were like four people in the bar around where Tucker, I, Kent, Haley were sitting. All of us snapped and said the same thing at the same time, saying you have to come back to the ball. <laughs> then you see Mahomes. You see Mahomes saying you have to. When, ca when us casuals <laughs> know That's what's going on and we can see it before we even get... <laughs> clarification and you know validation from the coaches that they're saying the same thing I'm sorry that's embarrassing for a receiver who coming into this I thought he had the biggest opportunity to go for a thousand yards for the first time in his career to step up and be that guy and he is untrustworthy and yet Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice and Justin Watson all these other guys are getting the blame they're getting thrown under the bus on social and yeah the group hasn't stepped up but where's the MVS like where were the expectations for the guy getting paid the guy that should be the ones doing this he's been here as long as anyone or longer than anyone that dude should be making plays and he's not you you made the point you came from an Aaron Rodgers to a Patrick Mahomes you should be able to catch the ball so I guess the issues that were in Green Bay are just translating over here and it hasn't continued to where you paid him 
You know, you draft Sky Moore in the second round, he doesn't work out. Sure. Not a great look for Brett Veach if that doesn't happen. We saw it with McColl. We've seen it with some other picks that haven't panned out yeah. necessarily for the draft position of where they are at. But again, like McColl, I didn't think McColl was traded to come back to be the answer for the Chiefs passing game. He wasn't yeah. the answer when he was here. Mm-hmm. He ran the package plays. He ran some of the stuff that with Kadarius Tony had been running wasn't as effective as we thought. But some of the jet sweeps, the end around, some of the sweep, uh, the screen game stuff McColl's been really good at. But it's not running double moves down. It's not the stuff that we saw from uh, MVS not coming back to the ball or Sky Moore not coming back to the ball a little bit later. But at least Sky Moore's a little dude on the outside that it's in a 50-50. You've got Marquez Valdez-Scanley. You just box somebody out to go make a play, like a a four in a basketball game. Like, just box them out. Use your big body and get in front of them. I just, it bothers me that MVS is getting a pass, it seems like, while all the young receivers are getting thrown under the bus. More should be expected from a veteran player, especially a guy who's the only one in that room getting paid, and he's not stepping up. He needs to be better. I agree with him. And on that note, I'll let you lead us in. We're going to take a break. I think it's We're a good idea. For a break. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with five more things that annoyed <laughs> us in that Chiefs loss to the Broncos. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil or trouble. Manscaped is all new. Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treats this Halloween by going to manscapes.com and use code KCSN for 20% off plus free shipping. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. There's no trick with this treat. Manscaped has you covered. Get 20% off and free shipping with code KCSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code KCSN. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. I personally have been talking to somebody for a few years now, and it's amazing how much better you'll feel by learning more about yourself through it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to 10 Things and BJ Kissel hanging out with Haley Lewis. We appreciate uh, you sitting and listening to us complain a little bit. Maybe it makes you feel a little bit better for people to complain about the same things that you are, but I promise you I'm going to complain about it now, and then you move forward. You know, you cry till midnight or whatever, and then you move move past it. We're going to cry till one as we record. Yeah, so then we're going to get over it, and then it's time to think about brunch and mimosas and an early game and exciting things going on in Germany. So far, it's been a lot of like heavy stats and just yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of pouring would, it on. Let's let's get, let's fluff it up. Fluff it up. I'll let you. Fluff. Let me fluff it up. Let me fluff it up with my girl T Swift. She wasn't there. She wasn't there for her man, and her man didn't do great. Uh, Taylor Swift at the game. This is what it averages for out for Travis Kelsey: eight point five receptions for one hundred eight yards and six point seven for fifty point three without her. So again. When she's in attendance, 8.5 receptions for 108 yards. When she's not there, 6.7. T Swifty, we need you. We we need you. <laughs> I hate to say it, <laughs> but come back. I'm torn on this because I honestly I don't think that like the trash talk and all that stuff like really makes a huge difference at the NFL level. No, and so like this stuff, it's just a really, fun stat. It's a fun stat, but at the same time. Do I think that in the back of his mind, he's showing out for like the most famous yeah. woman in the world? Oh, yeah, he is. And it's like, absolutely. Sure. I think it's going to make him play better. No. Do I think he feels himself a little bit more when he's making plays in front of, again, yeah. he's dating the most famous woman in the world? Uh, is there something there that you might want to show out a little bit? Yeah. Do I think it's going to lead to these numbers? No. So it's the, the, not the, nothing, but it's, it's, yeah. The Broncos. Something, but not nothing. Whatever. Who won the Super I know. Yeah. Yeah. The Broncos who won the Super Bowl last night. They yeah. decided to play Taylor Swift after the. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, go out, show out, Dude, be petty. That, I love it. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like a bad way. Like, we have been that team that had been so bad. Like, I'm Absolutely. not going to see her and say, like, oh, they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done oh, all no, stuff. No, 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 no. Go to that level. Like, go to town. I was the one sitting in a bar in San Diego in 2012. Yelling at a TV by myself because the Chiefs got flagged for the kid and play dance after a sack in which, or, or excuse me, the, it was the game of the kid and play dance, but I was losing my mind cheering because the Chiefs had like s- took a lead for the first time all season in a game that was like week 12. Like I remember what it was like to sarcastically cheer yeah. uh, for things or just to give us that little ounce of hope in the middle of their season. I love it. And so I, have fun. Yeah, I... You win, you beat us, you get a chance to go out there and talk trash, and I'm not going to get all petty about it and say, and judge how they celebrate. Yeah. Play a little Taylor Swift. Dude. I'm sure the fans in Denver had a good time. Ate it up, loved it. And then when Taylor Swift goes there, guess what? She's going to sell out everything. <laughs> She's going to go crush it, and boyfriend, he's probably having a Super Bowl. Um, the only thing I'll bring up when we move on, I know I, I keep making this way longer, um, he's kind of getting ripped apart for the fact that he was at the World Series on Friday night. And then, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before. No one would give a crap if they had won. We wouldn't be talking about it. It's the fact that they lost 
And so now they're like, oh, well, he's distracted. He's at the game. It's not a good look. This, this, and this. And it's like, I'm sh- and I said this, I'm sure that man has shown up hung over as crap to a game and had one of his best performances ever. Yep. We just didn't know about it. This one is, just happens to be that he's dating a superstar and it's public and everyone knew he was there. Yeah, I... To assume that these you don't have the touch twenty it. thirty somethings are out is what it is. partying, it's fine. And unless you're going to do the research to say he had never gone out before a game, it's the first time he'd ever done that and didn't have success, or every time he's done it, he's not had success. Yeah, you're just setting yourself up to to get you know get guy with mind your with business. Sad take. Yeah, these guys are human. Uh, it's like the you know guys celebrating in the off season or going out on vacation is like you should be in your playbook like that crap. It's like the same yeah. same energy. You get one week, take a break. They can't. Um, he's a professional. He's the greatest tight end to ever play. He's not, not locked in. Trust me. The guy all starts cussing. He's a doll. Okay. <laughs> take, take seven. Take seven. All right. This is a tough one, too, because the Chiefs mi- missed Nick Bolton. Yeah. They missed Nick Bolton in the middle of that defense. Uh, Broncos ran it 40 times in this game. Uh, Russell Wilson only threw it 19 times. Russell Wilson was 12 of 19 for only 114 yards. Um, wasn't the Russell Wilson that they thought when they traded for, but said it before the last game. So Wilson had not been the problem for the Broncos this year. Uh, he had played better. He hadn't played like a, the trade or the, the contract warrants it, but he wasn't the punchline that he had been in the past for how poorly he had been playing. Right. Uh, but for the Chiefs, linebacker depth could start to be an issue. We don't know how serious, at least as of the time of this recording, uh, that Willie Gay Jr. Uh, had a tailbone injury, hurt his butt. Uh, hopefully it's not too serious and misses any time. As we know, Nick Bolton is going to miss, what, at least eight weeks, uh, seven more weeks as we start to count down. I did not think the defense played poorly. Uh, I actually thought in a lot of ways they played pretty well outside of a couple of guys and a couple of, of moments. But they're going to miss Nick Bolton. If Willie Gay misses any time, Nick Bolton's going to miss some time. They missed some physicality in the middle of that defense. There were some missed tackles that got highlighted uh, pretty well. Javante Williams, big physical running back. They needed uh, Nick Bolton's, you know, the downhill thumping. He gets his hands on somebody, they're going down. And the Chiefs missed that, I think, in this game against the Broncos. And so it's not as much they lost the game because Nick Bolton didn't play except the defense played well. But long term, looking forward. It's a little scary looking at the It's depth. a little scary yeah. looking if Willie Gay can't get in there. Um, but yeah, yeah, Leo Chanel on the other side, like Phenomenal. BFF grade is really, really good showed out, made some plays. Um, it's great to see that, but you're going to start getting into the Jack Cochran's coming on. Not anything wrong with Jack Cochran, but he ain't Nick Bolton. Yeah. Uh, I need to tell you that too. So, um, There was a scary moment too when Drew Tranquil got a little shake, shaken up. And I was like, no, no, no. That would have been I was like, Willie Gay just came out of the game. Please do not do this. Uh, I, I think he does, I mean, you, you've said this many times before and I'll repeat what you said, is the fact that Drew Tranquil was the best off-season addition for, for for what's transpired this season. Obviously, Nick Bolton being out, having a veteran guy like him who can fill in. But yeah, if you start seeing more of those guys go down, those are leaders yeah. in, in that position. Um, calling a lot of <laughs> what they're reading and that, that yeah. losing your green dot's not good. They missed him. And you know, one of the other players that they've missed just because they haven't played at the level that we expect him to play this year, if you want to talk about like players that have disappointed you on a defensive side, because there's not a lot of, we always talk about how well the defense is. Yeah, played. I'm curious She's to say. Um, but Legereus Neat uh, did not play well against the Broncos and really hasn't played up to the level of, you know, there were circles and people talking about Legereus Neat as a top 10 cornerback mm-hmm. or even higher in some regards. He's got some versatility. He can play safety and play corner, played safety in college. Uh, 
but man, he has not been great um, for the Chiefs. His you know, against the Broncos, PFF had him as a forty-one point three grade. That was the third lowest grade on the defense, uh, besides only Jalen Watson and Justin Reed, uh, who were both graded below what we saw from Legarius Need. But it was four penalties. Uh, I think he was matched up on Cortland Sutton for most of the day. He was following him around quite a bit. Uh, made sense. Big physical guy. That's what Sneed kind of does. Uh, Sneed has been following guys around, so he's getting you know the tougher matchup. We get that. But you look in PFF, he's ranking right now 49th in the league among cornerbacks who have played at least 50% of their snaps. And for a player, and this is not any other reason that maybe he's not fully healthy, he's just having a bad year. It's a guy in a contract year. This is a guy that should be playing his best football to set up and get paid instead having one of the worst years of his career. And again, we don't know about injury coming back from him. He missed a lot of time during training camp. Hopefully it's a strike going down, you know, throughout the latter part of the season. But if I had to criticize one thing about the Chiefs defense, uh, it would be Legereus Need in particular because there were really high expectations for him. Yeah, and, and there, were, there were still plays that you saw yesterday where he came up big and, and had those moments, those little sparks but all in all, yeah, it was a disappointing performance out of him. And I think we've only, I can't remember what game it was. We were talking afterwards how phenomenal he was in that game, but it's only been one time this season. Uh, and it begs the question, do those injuries continue to build up? And yes, he did miss time in training camp. He had a collarbone injury before. He had another injury that sidelined him a season before that. So yeah. it's, I mean, being injury prone, as you know, it doesn't matter how talented you are in this league. If, if you keep getting caught by the injury bug, it's going to eventually catch up with your game, and that's just the sucky part about it. It's going to be used against you in contract. Absolutely, and this is what's coming up. up and, yeah. Uh, and then when you it, – it's shitty for the player because they use it, then he's not out on the field, but if he goes out on the field and is playing at 80%, isn't playing very well, mm-hmm. we don't know if this is the case, but if he is still banged up and he's going out there not playing well, that will be used against him. So you think that it would be like, hey, he's a warrior, he's going out there at 80%, he's giving us his all. Well, the numbers are going to back up that he's playing at 80%. That will be used against them. So I understand what sometimes why players won't go out there and play at 90% because the teams and the you know people making the decisions on whether or not or how much money to give them or to give them money at all, like they're using that against them uh, while rewarding it in the moment where everybody wants them on the field. Uh, so that's a crappy position to be in, but you know, it was not a good performance uh, from Lynn. Legereus Need and several other of the Chiefs defensive guys. There's mentioned a couple with Jalen Watson and Justin Reed. Justin Reed missed some tackles uh, there in the middle of the defense. Maybe just the ones that were highlighted that we saw. There were some big moments where he just kind of whiffed um, on some tackles and that hasn't been abnormal uh, during his time. He's definitely made some plays and been a leader, a reason I won the Super Bowl last year, but not above criticism and and the plays that were not made that you'd expect a veteran back there to make. As we go on to number nine, um, the one I guess positive yeah. thing that we'll have in here in the pass rush was good. Uh, finished with six sacks and eight quarterback hits. And George George Karloftis individually had two and a half sacks, the best game probably of his career, uh, at least in terms of the you know the statistical department. Uh, but overall, this is a Chiefs group that is pacing for a franchise record for number of sacks. I think they're pace on pace for like sixty team sacks more than they had last year when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks and all that yeah. uh, has not been the issue, and that's pretty good in saying something after Chris Jones had his worst game like yeah. he didn't make a lot of the impact there were a couple times where Russell Wilson got the ball off and he held it for a half second Chris is gonna make his name for him but for a superstar player and as well yeah. as the defense played maybe it's a testament to how good the defense really is that they can go out we can talk about the defense playing pretty well and their superstar defensive lineman's name really wasn't called Olin. yeah I mean that was 
attention on him, a bunch of double. T- I don't sure. watched it at that level. I'm sure we'll get that throughout the week yeah. uh, as you know the 87 uh, Chiefs platforms that cover it and break down films. Somebody will get there. Uh, so somebody will talk us. about it, and then it'll be good because there's a lot of great people who cover the yeah. Chiefs. But you're, I mean, you're right. These are the like we see the addition of Omenihu. Mike Dannon's having a great year yep. this this year and, and being phenomenal. George Karloft is coming up and and what he left off on last season, continuing to build there. So it's been wonderful to because the pass rush. I mean, for years and years back, BJ, you know, this was the issue we yep. constantly had to talk about. I mean, it was constantly talked about in pressers. So the fact that we're highlighting this in a really crappy game as the best thing that happened. I mean, I'll, I'll take it. That's wonderful. It just didn't happen to work out in the Chiefs' favor. Defense yeah. couldn't go out there and score touchdowns for them, but you'll love to see the growth from Karloftis. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the final one, and this is the same topic yeah. that I know that the Casey Lab is going to have tonight or tomorrow or yesterday, depending upon when you're listening to this podcast. We're recording Monday midday, uh, just shy of 1 o'clock right now. Uh, I know the lab guys will go live at 9 p.m. tonight, and this is going to be a big focus for them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure Only Weird Games just going live about 4.45 on Monday. Thanks, uh, <laughs> Tucker. It's 4.30, but some <laughs> sometimes it's 4.40. It's always 4.40. If Nate Taylor's on it, it's late. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I love Nate because whenever he would show up for the presser and at Chiefs, I'm like, oh, it's about to start. Because they just got here, so right on time. <laughs> it's going to start. That's funny. But uh, the topic that I'm sure everybody's going to touch on and all of Chiefs Kingdom is going to have hot takes on all weekend. Yeah. Uh, do the Chiefs need to trade for a wide receiver? Haley, I'll let you go first. Yeah. I mean, we, we were talking about it all season long, and I think it just became even more apparent that you can't ignore what they have. Yes, it's going it, to... There's problems with the salary cap. Uh, their trade value, the Chiefs roster. It, it's going to be a hard move. It's not easy. I think that's why it's been avoided for so long but watching what happened I mean I don't see how long Brett Veach will be able to watch what happened last week without doing something about it and in his track record when something that embarrassing happens on national television he usually does something pretty quick yeah I see it happening who how from I I don't know those are the things that just are far above my understanding of how the salary cap works yeah it'll be a little bit of a discussion here and I'll and trade value too. You know what I mean? Like you have to also. Yeah. I, so. I put out on social media last night that it, I don't think the, just trade for any wide receiver, plug them in and that's going to fix the issue. I know it sounds simplistic, but I don't think bringing a receiver who doesn't know the offense and the verbiage. Yes. All of that is going to make the impact that a lot of people just assume that it will. Um, not say that it would make some kind of an impact. And then people say, well, they brought in Kadarius Tony last year. Kadarius Tony had a package set of plays that he ran that he only knew those plays. And they could teach him the rest of the offense. Seemingly was going to learn it this offseason. We haven't seen Kadarius Tony consistently run a assortment of wide receiver routes and double moves and sitting in zones in the intermediate levels and then running double moves, getting open down the field, all those types of things, tracking a ball. Well, all those things we have not seen from any of the Chiefs wide receivers. So we need a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that as like that their offense doesn't set up that way. They're not going to give anybody 15 to 18 targets. They need somebody that can understand the entire offensive playbook and what their, what their responsibility is on any given play and go out there and make plays. I don't think that guy is available that you can go that, get. I don't think yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, as much as I want him in the offseason, I don't think he can step in and learn the entire offense at the level that we need somebody. 
I had people last night in social media on social media telling me, well, can't they just get somebody to run a simple slant? Even if it's a package play, isn't that better than what we have? Depending upon who you're benching, because if you've got Kadarius Tony, McCole Hardman, and a new guy, all of which only run packaged plays, you still have MVS, Justin Watson, and maybe Sky Moore that are running the rest of those routes. I don't think they're going to be able to bring anybody mid-season that's going to pick up the entire offense. And then you say, well, what about Juju? Juju has two years added on to the end of that deal if they trade for him. And I don't think Brett Veach wants to go to the well of a player they could have just paid. They would have stayed here and instead give up another pick. They just did that with McCole Hardman. They've done it with Neil Farrell. Um, as far as throwing away like old picks, that their draft capital of making good on maybe mistakes or depth that they didn't see before, I don't think they'll go down that route again. And so I'm sure an Adam Thielen, now there's a lot of names that you could throw out there of veteran receivers that could probably pick up a good chunk of the audio, the offense, not saying that all of them couldn't get some of it, but they're needing a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and you're not going to get that kind of production from somebody joining the team in the middle of the season. You're just not, and I don't like having half your wide receiver room only understand certain package plays, and right now that's McCall Hardman and that's Kadarius Tony. So are you saying that if it would have been done earlier, would have fixed the issues, but it's too late to do it now. So you might as well just like water the grass that you're on. Yeah. If you were to get DeAndre Hopkins or Odell in here for, you know, a chunk of the off season or training camp yeah. and get him used to the offense, get him used to, you know, it's not as simple as I see people say this, go run a post, go run a slant. Well, they run a post when the leverage set dictates that they should run a post. Their offense is not just run a certain route all the time. They have to read the defense. They have to know against zone coverage. Where do you sit? Where are the leverages of the people? And that takes time and reps with Patrick Mahomes. And so, yes, there are receivers that can run routes better and might understand NFL offenses better than Sky Moore right now. That doesn't mean that they can step in with Patrick Mahomes and he's fully going to trust that they're going right. to be where they need to be. We say trust is the number one thing here. Mahomes isn't going to trust, even they got DeAndre Hopkins, you think he's going to trust him to let go of that ball before he breaks knowing DeAndre Hopkins better know exactly when and how mm -hmm. to break and where to go. If you really break it down and see like what trust means when throwing to a wide receiver from a quarterback, that's not something that is feasible, in my opinion, that's going to happen midseason with a new player, unless it's just absolutely forced because he he is in Patrick Mahomes, has no other choice but then just to hope that he's going to be in the right place. And hope versus trust is, is a different thing when you're talking about chucking the ball around and trying to go win a Super Bowl. And it sounds like they just got to figure it out. They got to find their their answer is within the wide receiver room. It's what they bet on themselves and for. It got to make it work. Or not pulling the trigger trigger to pay um, a veteran receiver. Yeah. They, they stuck to their guns on what they were willing to pay and what their value said they were. And now they put it on themselves to develop some young receivers who haven't quite got there yet. Still middle of the season. All that matters is that they have it by the end of the year. But the clock is ticking at this point, and especially with the trade deadline after this, there's nobody else out there. Although Dwayne Bowe did put out a tweet saying that he would an X. I don't know what stay there. He put out a picture saying, man, I'd love to catch passes from Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so, yeah, well, music. I think Germany's going to reveal a lot. Was this a fluke? Was this something they could bounce back from? You've said it before that it's games like these that, you know, kick them around and then come back and lights out and make a fantastic showing, but... It's a tough Miami team ahead abroad. 
you know, the travel, the good news, and I'll say this that. for the alarmists, and it'll start to make me feel a little better. I wholeheartedly believe that they've got the coaches and the people in that building that can get the most out of the players okay. if the players have it in them to get to where they need to be. And in the past, it gave the benefit of the doubt that, hey, Sky Moore can get there, but this is put up or shut up time. Um, he's got his opportunities. He's never going to have more of an opportunity. Talking about Sky Moore. Or even Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, all these guys, MVS, they're never going to have a better opportunity to prove that they can be the guy. And after this, if nobody steps up and they bring other guys in, those guys can't complain a bit because they got their chance and nobody stepped up and taken it yet. Well, we'll have to see. That's always swear as much as the thought. You can swear it all. I think I said damn. I think I did. My grandma watches, so I try to be careful. I'm sorry, grandma. So this is Lewis. This Lewis. This Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. What's dad's, the scene? dad's mom. Got it. Right. Uh, Appreciate you for watching. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the game abroad. It's yeah. fun. We'll be at Kingdom Bar. They'll be serving brunch. Come hang out. You can yell and scream and cuss with the rest of us. Yeah. Or we'll animated watch sometimes. So we'll be okay. You can come hang out with Tucker. Tucker will get a drink with you if you're the drink. Seltzer. You get a seltzer at eight thirty in the morning. You do a seltzer review. We could make a TikTok. And we'll do the 50. We'll do it again. And if they don't score a touchdown against the Dolphins, we will just retire the paying $50 towards your tab. So we'll try that again. Uh, and if it doesn't work, then it's on me. It's on KCSN. I'm sorry, Chiefs Kingdom. But appreciate all you for watching. Hope it made you feel a little bit better. Hopefully not a lot worse. Um, but let us know in the comments section how you're feeling today about everything and hit that like and subscribe. We appreciate all of your support. This is a locally owned uh, business started from scratch two years ago. And so your support means everything uh, to us. That means you always like every host or every personality on this network. That's why we have a lot of shows and a lot of people. Uh, but our goal is to create uh, fun dialogue and uh, provide information, stats, nuggets, and be a resource to help you become a better and more informed fan. And so we appreciate your support of KC Sports Network. And we'll see you next time. Don't forget, live Only Weird Games at 4.45 and a live... KC Lab at 9 p.m. See y'all later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.